December 26, 2004. It's a Watt from Pedro show. Thank <laughs> you. 
I got special guests here. Welcome. Platt once again, third one. Second Hello. one from Money Mark Nishida. Hello, what's up? You gotta get over there by the mic. Or it gets too hot. Diaz. Hello. Hello, I'm not doing the polar bear thing because uh, my <laughs> microphone feeding. And I look like here. one, but I'm not going in either. <laughs> Don't. You know the belugas. The caviar? <laughs> no, the whales. Yeah, well, they, got, like, they look like Casper. Yeah, give me. <laughs> They're white, big white whales, and they have permanent smile on their face. This, a little bubble. This is a reference to me, <laughs> I They're think. They're fat. No, this is just <laughs> coincidental. <laughs> They're fat, they ch hey. changes the salt water to fresh water, so they gotta stay fat. Wow. That's a reason. See? It's <laughs> kind of like those bears. Are Any reason about. we can find. <laughs> <laughs> There's a loophole. Yeah. So, anyway, we uh, start off with John Coltrane and Archie Shep doing gingerbread, gingerbread man. And then Money Mark brought something uh, Gotta Be Funky by Monk Higgins. That's cool. That's right. Pretty wild. You want to tell us something about that money mark on the mic there? Yeah, back in the day, you know. We got to uh, get another sit down. We, uh, uh, this was a favorite here. record to play. The Dust Brothers yeah, first. Bring this chair over. Oh, I'm cool, man. All right. The Dust Brothers first played this for me, and then I had to go out and find it. But uh, Monk Higgins, the record's called Heavyweight. And everybody, like everybody and their mother looped that first, you know, the first five seconds of that song, Gotta Be Funky. It's, uh... Really, really fat. They appropriated um, it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so anyway. It's okay. Fair use. Um, and then last week it did Pixies. Mm. The last uh, night of the Pixies tour, we opened up, flew over there, and I played a rented bass. It was one of those uh, Fender P1957 reissues. Right. The, uh, anodized pick guard. Yeah. It was okay. Probably very light, right? Compared to the. Uh, no, it's like medium. Was it? They played yeah, some of the issues. Yeah, it's not light that... like the old ones. Yeah. This is something probably made in the 80s or the 90s. Some of the reissues, like that 68 reissue Stradag, has really light. That thing weighs like 6 pounds. Compared to this Les Paul here, I swear it must weigh 15 pounds. It's a slab body. So you like to travel lights and then just pick up the tools when you're there? Well, for one gig. Uh, Pete, I was talking to Money Mark about my organ player, Pete Mazich, he's a Hammond in Dorsey now, and he got one of these uh, XB thing. Right? XB2. So you can fly on it on the airplane. That's right. Because you can't bring, you got a 65B3 and it's about 240 pounds. Yeah. Steel legs. They sound chopped. great though. Yeah, I know, but you can't really bring it on the plane. So we bring this one Hammond came out, it's synthesizer, but it models, it models the sounds the B3, off the right. old B3. And it played pretty good. You can even get a lower manual for it, he's going to get That's right. So he can get the whole dealio. Um, we rented a Leslie, but it was all beat. You know, the whole mentality with rental stuff, you know, I don't own it, so I'm just going to uh -huh. knock the hell out of it, not thinking some cat's going to have to play it after you. This thing was changing speeds randomly. Wow. <laughs> um, it was a nightmare. But it sounded pretty good, you know, for a synth. Mm. You've gotten good sounds out of like that cork. Yeah, I used the cork and the cork's great. But I chopped a, I chopped my B three and then uh, I, well, I had a I have a chopped B three. Well, Lonnie Jordan used to play it. Wow, boy. it's got special like stuff on it. Like you can put distortion on each draw bar separately. It's got a repeater on it. The wah wah built in. 
It's got like a, yeah, like some kind of uh, auto wah thing. Yeah, I've seen some of them with the auto wahs built. Then I, but I, I cut this uh, Porta B. It's a small, small double manual organ. I cut it, and I made the the tone wheels go into the. I put it in a box, separate box, and that's what I sit on. And then the keyboard part of it is, you know, kind of it's lighter, yeah. not as heavy. But then there's this big fat cable that, that connects it because it's all those wires and right. That. But whatever. I mean, I use this cork thing when I play with the Beasties because uh, you know I just can't go out with a B3 like you say. Oh the well. Cards half the boat. Oh well, yeah, you know. But so he rented that, but used this thing he got from Hammond. I rented a SVT. It was pretty beat up too. Good thing for directs. And then Raul used. Um, yeah, I've got another a new drummer, Money Mark. Yeah, right. He's twenty years younger. He's from hardcore, and his his rented drums is much better than his. Oh, cool! It's like, it's like a Ravel <laughs> or something. Oh, wow. you know, beat up. You mean the Robelli kind of set? No, Ravel with a oh. V. Okay. Like an old Econo model. And so he he got the, the primo stuff, but you know, you work the room. You don't get too precious about it. One life is many gigs. If you choke, you get back up for the next <laughs> round. <laughs> you know, and it was okay. Uh, we did okay. My guys did really good. It was scary. There was a lot of folks. Hammerstein's like an opera thing with That's right. balconies right in front of you, so they're really high right up in front of you. Like a stadium show, but with things really close, so it was kind of intimidating. And they were kind of square jaw. A lot of young people didn't know about us, so we got to blow some minds. Nice. Cool. Didn't know where any of the endings of the songs or where they were going, and uh, so we were stripping them out. So that was a good thing. Cool. Open the Pixies up. were great. They, they played like champs, and they were very nice to us. So. Uh, then I did some Banyan gigs. The third Banyan album came out. Yeah. I heard it the other day. I'm sorry. Did you hear it? Yeah. You can talk, Tom. Well, I don't want to interrupt you. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, um, I ended up writing half of it, not on purpose, but it's made out. And um, what's the personnel there for that one? Now it's Nails, Nails. myself, of course, Perk is his band, and a trumpet player named Willie. Nice. So it's kind of stripped down. And then this painter, yeah, dude. Nort Wisdom, oldest lifeguard in Malibu. Uh, he interprets. Nice. Yeah, that's a cool touch. Yeah, touchable. I think I've seen him uh, at the coffee shop down there once. Was oh, wow, him? yeah, he comes down. He'll play behind almost anybody, just like <laughs> painting in front of people. Wow. A lot of that stuff, I mean, he's take pictures now with the digi camera, but a lot of it's gone. Yeah. Right, he wipes it. Yeah, instant art. Insta yeah, but disposable art. Yeah. I wonder if he's ever done a wedding. <laughs> wow. That is pretty unique concept. Huh? Does anybody else do that that you guys know of? Yeah, there's that. What, interprets? Paints yeah, behind this music. I've never in, seen anybody uh, else Arizona. do that. This kid in Arizona does Yeah. I know in the 60s, the light show was a big part of bands, and bands would have their personal light shows, and they would do this stuff with overhead right. projectors and oil and stuff. Right. Yeah. So that would be like kind of interpreting. I read, uh, who gave me a book? Nels gave me a book on Pink Floyd and in the 60s. That was a big part of their dealio. Almost like band members, these guys running yeah. the show. Right. 
Stay away from fire. <laughs> That's Burning Man's got this disposable art. It's All not right. complete unless yeah, it burns. Man's been to a lot of Burning Man. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not complete unless it burns. That's right. Less oh. to take home. Yeah. <laughs> Lighter load. So, Tone, you brought some music here. Yes, I did. Okay. A couple little trinkets of What you bring path. here that we're going to play next? I brought the Rolling Stones, Some Girls. I don't know why. I guess like the only CD I have. <laughs> you pick Far Away Eyes. Because it's Sunday morning and there's that little verse where he's singing about driving through Bakersfield early Sunday mornings. And for some reason I was thinking you guys are always driving around in your little minivan. Boone spent early years living in Bakersfield. Right. And it kind of... pop was way... So I kind of thought about that too. And I thought, well, you know, I just kind of... I try to relate some of this stuff to whatever. But, um... You get it, yeah, I got the D Boone spiel. Yeah, I found some spiel of D Boone. Nice. And I made an MP3 and floated to Brother Matt. I think I floated to the YouTube. Okay. Check it out. That's off of a cassette or something? It's from these different video things. Oh, I see. Yeah, it's kind of trippy. Nice. Thanks. Uh, and him talking about how we started the band and the philosophy. Early days, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's kind of trippy. And you hear him in his voice. He's yeah, so full it's a of life. Yeah. Trippy hearing him because he's killed a couple days ago. Yeah, today's. Years now. It's no, it was 90, Wednesday. Wednesday, but I mean, it's almost 20 years. Yeah. And we were kind of thinking your birthday. Mike just had his birthday. Mm -hmm. And then. Yeah, it was a couple days after that. And Joe Strummer died on the same day. Mm. Like 17 years later. Or yeah, so we had a lot of stuff. Yeah. My ex, her birthday's Christmas. One of my nieces just had. And then when someone passes, someone's got their birthday. It's kind of. But when it hits home, it's weird with you because your birthday right after that's that's kind of kind of a weird coincidence. Yeah. Died right, I mean, I'm not trying to bring that up as a negative way, but it just you know. Fade. It's like AD, you know, 2000, 2000 AD. So it just instantly turned into like after Dennis Hill because life was totally different. Seemed like after that. Yeah, it was big time. I think for people that knew him. And, and in 20 years, I was just, it doesn't seem like 20 years. I remember when he called me up 19, that night. Though. I remember, well, I, sorry, I'm rounding off, but <laughs> I remember though the night you called me up. Yeah, that's where. his pop called me like four in the morning. It was horrible. And so. Did I ever things, tell you about the weird thing that happened to me that Yeah, night? The, the Willoughby, right? Yeah, the Willoughby. Tell these guys. Uh, Paul Rossler asked me to drop a friend off. I was in Hollywood, so drop. I can't remember exactly where, but it was from the Roxy. And after that, I'm going back towards Pedro, and I'm coming down maybe La Brea. And there's that East-West right. Street, Willoughby. And you know that Twilight Zone. Yeah, right? Willoughby. Next stop, Willoughby. <laughs> yeah. And you find out Willoughby's the name of the funeral home. The parlor, yeah. There's no town. Yeah. He just steps off the train. But in his head, he wanted to go to this town where mm -hmm. everything was together, kind of from the old days, and I went across Willoughby, and I got the hugest chill, frozen, man, whoa, and then I went home, and I must have caught only a couple hours before his pop told me, and that's, I thought of that for some reason, like, will it be, then I had a dream about him the next day, we're I mean, we're in, like in this bank lobby, like orange rug on the floor, on the wall. And there's a big, huge painting, and it's kind of Peter Max abstract, but it's all these 
takes on Abraham Lincoln with his stovepipe hat and all these uh, bright colors and stuff. And I'm seeing D. Boone looking at this painting. And I'm really upset in a way because he can't be there, he's killed, you know. And I have to tell him. So I come up to him and I tell him that. It's so intense. Then the next time I could sense him big time was, well, his pop would give me a guitar and I kept it and I didn't open it for a bunch of years and finally I did it at the practice pad and he had his leather strap in there and it still had his stench on it, you know, sweat, stuff from playing gigs because leather holds it, and so when I opened the case, I didn't realize that, you know, and the smell hit me in the face, and like for wow. a second I could see him. Wow. Because I think smells... Yeah, that's the strongest flashback. memories. Right. Yeah. Sense of smell. And I wasn't ready for it, and it, you know, so I had to react right in the moment, and I saw him for a second. Uh, well, so those are the two big ones since. But then I think of them every day. Part of my pedaling route is uh, where we started the Minuteman in this alley between 19th and 20th. Mm. There's an apartment he lived in, Joe Biza, and lived downstairs. He didn't really know us. He saw us at gigs and stuff. But he said he'd hear all this stomach because we didn't have amps when we wrote those first batch of songs. We didn't use amps. We just sat there on his bed and strummed them out. We didn't have a drummer. And so we'd stop to keep time. So that's all he'd hear is all this stomping. You know? <laughs> We're like insane dancers. Here's a dried out. Now him, we, he invited us down. I remember the first time. He must have not thrown away newspapers for a year because a pad looked like a hamster cage. I mean, it was intense. It was like three feet high of wadded up newspaper. You know how the hamsters get their cage uh. going? Whoa. And he's artistic, so he had a lot of his artwork and stuff. And uh, that's how a lot of the early punk people were to us. Uh, they're kind of older than us, and art, artistic people. Some rock and rollers, but a lot of them were artistic people. Or from glam and glitter. Mm. That was strange. So, some uh, D. Boone memory. Box. There's a little dread how D. Boone strap hanging right behind the wall there. Oh, yeah. This one was like uh, full-on leather. Yeah, I remember you gave me uh, his tuner. I still have I got it. Yeah, I that's his, from the case. From the case that he opened up, he gave me the little he, boss he tuner. He gave me two guitars. A telly, a nice little telly. Both are tellies. We one's fixed a Rosewood one. one, and one's that... We uh, took one in, right, and had it reworked? One's a... Uh, Changed the pick. Custom. Had a humbucker. It's purple. Then we do some I remember we were on tour, and I had already bought him a telly, you know, but it was one of these... Weird years for Fender where the strings didn't even go through the body. They're making a Mikado. 70s. I got it, yeah, I got on the, well, it was early 80s, 80 or 81. Okay. So he wanted a more real Fender one. So we're on tour and we're driving. He says, I want to get one in Nashville. We couldn't find one anywhere. We had to drive and drive. And we finally found one. It was that purple one. But that was a weird year for Fender, too, because the finish on the neck, the urethane, all bubbled up. Right. So you had to get another neck, a Charvel neck. Because that guy cracked all up. It was impossible to play. And put EMG pickups. My bass, too, because we would sweat so much in the gigs. All the high end would go out. So the EMGs were the first pickups all sealed in epoxy. 
right. so we could survive that. It used to happen to flag guys too. We'd sweat so hard. I remember Robo taking a guitar, Greg Ginn's, played them plexiglass Dan Armstrongs. He took the pickup and just cast it in liquid epoxy right into the body with a cord going in. So his guitar had like his 20 foot cord. Is anything exposed to sweat would go on and shut out all the high end? It'd be play through a pillow. Okay, Tone, so we're going to play some uh, Rolling Stones here. And then after that, we got a tune from this jam a couple of years ago that me, George Hurley, and Joe Biza did with uh, a poet from Toledo named Dan McGuire. Uh, what from Pedro Show.
found cold and heat the same sensation. Touch tongues with purity unknown to the living. Smash the crystal palace in a dystopian uprising. Then trowled the new mortar. Trampled hills in search of virtue. Crept rain slick crags. Erased the dialects. Endured beastly seasons in an eyes blink. Rang a litany of bells. All call and no response. One-sided ceremony. Hysterical. Yet lyrical. Glossolalia moan full-throated. Reveled in the unpleasant poignancy of a long-for defilement. Tore out time's larynx. Led soldiers to bipartisan slaughter. Marauded over crippled heaps, crushing skulls underfoot. Slouched in my tears. Denied my soul counsel. Took nothing as my due. Break the hot coals of oblivion into a crepitating heap. Revive the plagues and tyrannies of old. Cross oceans of unending tumult to kiss leprous feet. Feeding freely the marvelous meat of martyrdom. Cup the clay of being. Formulating formidable new sins. Like shame and love. Generosity. Happiness. Starvation. Scorn. And most of all, action. Dead set on forsaking old betrayals. Entranced by the plush flame enveloping the frame in which this picture of ugliness is held. Perform spiritual alchemy. Engage in pious blaspheme. A devout Satanist clandestinely practicing Catholicism. A sempiternal Sabbath broken. Shameless pagans only playing at evil. Indulged in self-idolatry. Engorged on spoiled fruits. Visited invalids, vulturously devouring their vertigo. Took pot shots at hovering seraphs. Staggering back to the well replete, I twist myself into a multitudinous shape, each more grotesque than the last, transmogrifying to forms familiar, till everything dear is lost anew. Thank you. 
From Pedro show, whoops, moving the wrong slider up. <coughs> Still getting it together. Um, that was Jackie Mito with Mediator, but people probably know it as Monkey Man by the Specials. I don't have to tell you which version probably came first. What year does it say on the record there, buddy Mark? You picked this uh, one. This record is, uh, you know, it's a reissue anyway, it's hard to say. No, no year on it. By the haircuts, it looks 70s. Yeah, it looks 70s. <laughs> By the platforms he's wearing on yeah. <laughs> Huge Frozer sport. Always <laughs> <laughs> oh, got a crumb poster in the background. Look. Oh, wow, the stoned one. Yeah. The eyeballs <laughs> turn into eggs. <laughs> uh, so why'd you pick that one, Money Mark? Oh, because I love Jack and Me Too's organ playing. Yeah, sweet smoking. I learned a lot of shit from him. Learned a lot of stuff from that organ guy. Yeah. A teacher. <laughs> Funk is the teacher. That was a nice bit that you guys, that trio thing that I just heard. Oh, yeah, before that we played um, The Unknown Instructors, which was uh, myself, Joe Biza, George Hurley, backing up a poet guy from Toledo who came to Pedro about a year and a half ago and that's coming out in a couple months that was a tune called An Evening in Hell and we started off with the one tone pick Rolling Stone's Far Away Eyes um, let's see I got a funny record here uh, it's a compilation of reggae versions of Bob Dylan songs huh. my sister gave me the autobiography <laughs> Just from Christmas yesterday. I read an excerpt, excerpt on tour and I was kind of like, ah. I mean, I don't know. Thurston liked to lie to me after reading, so I'm going to read it. But anyway, it's funny. They took the cover of uh, Bring It All Back Home and they've got Bob with a leno in his hand. <laughs> no, he never did that, did he? No. Supposedly he <laughs> puffed out with the Beatles, yeah, right? Yeah, got them, yeah. them on. Right? Didn't you tell me he was uh, into the uh, the other stuff quite a bit? Remember he's rambling in that movie? The, what, no, I don't know. Oh yeah, stimulant for yeah. sure. He was like going. He's probably my favorite era of his songwriting is yeah. his methamphetamine phase. Because he's just going off, man. I mean, I talk a lot, but you should have heard. <laughs> he's him. talking about bringing it back home. Yeah, yeah. 
But there's a movie out, and it's all no, back on look back. with Joan Baez and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's she's his on first tour acoustic them. tour of England. Yeah. And, uh, and he's rambling to this guy about, you know, how, how to... He's a writer from Time Magazine. Yeah, tell him the little spiel. Anyway, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to... But I just yeah, he's an it. infant terrible, for sure. <laughs> what the French and pronunciation of it is. Anyway, anyway let me uh, play this sure. tune here. It's, uh... We get Neil did the radio. You'll know what it's what it is when you hear it. Well, from Pedro's show.
show uh, that was the West Coast Punk Rock Orchestra thing put together by a buddy of mine from Chula Vista called uh, named Jovi Butts and uh, Nels Klein on the guitar I played a little bass solo I played bass and keys and spiel a guy named Matt was on the drums uh, before that we had the Bob Dylan thing well actually it was uh, J.C. Lodge doing a Bob Dylan song, Don't Think Twice. <laughs> For some reason, I thought it was going to sound like that. <laughs> I wish it would have been a little more wild. A little more dubby. But that's what happens when you try things out over the air on the Watt Pedro show. Uh, we're coming up on the end of the first hour. December 26, 2004 edition. No, but I kind of thought in a weird kind of way of computers, everybody's, it's at the point in this world where they kind of run everything. And at one point, you know, now maybe they will be intelligent and they'll be telling you what to do and they'll be, they'll be your boss one day. And so you think one day a synth might be playing Keith Emerson? Possibly. The way is, you know, they'll, they'll... You know about his motorcycle, right? Yeah, he stole his nice Harley. And doesn't he live in Santa Monica? No, right yeah. where everybody's living now. Al Stewart, all these ex dudes. all this brain salad surgery thing painted on the gas tank. So if you see anybody down at Walker Cafe, <laughs> yeah, it could be his. Those round tone. No, it might be the 
perpetrator. I think Mike, Mike and Joe Boone turned me on to these guys. You're going to have to wrestle down and go for some citizen arrest. <laughs> Weren't you the one that turned me on to ELP, right? I think it was you, right? Because I had never heard of him. What, what, we talked about that last time. We went and saw Rock and Roll Your Eyes. And Joel fell asleep Joel in the butt. Joel cocked out, never made it. And me, me and Mike, were, we smoked like a whole ounce of Colombian gold, yeah, I think. Right, <laughs> no, I'm not. But hey, it's what it was. Who cares? And, and we went and saw this movie. But anyway, that's when I first got turned on to these dudes. And, and so it was part of my, and I really liked these. I think Mike really liked them too. <laughs> Whether he admits it or not. You think he was a big fan of Greg. Well, like, that's why I put together this tribute. Band yeah, that's again. And I tell her that's right. Wow. People don't know they're it's ELP reincarnated. EWP. <laughs> that's a great name too. It's, it's just but it was part of our past and I thought, you know what, this song but there's a there's a movie out that's a tribute to uh the synth guy, Moog. Right. Buddy yeah. Mark. I tell us yes. something about that. Um yeah, these uh, filmmakers, um, uh, Ryan Page is the producer, and like Hans Philstead is the director. He made a movie before called Frontier Life about like Baja, Tijuana, music scene, art well, scene. Yeah. yeah, well, those guys, but the whole thing, you know, what was going on in, in the scene. Then they made this documentary about Bob Moog, the pioneer of the you know Moog synthesizer. And uh, I, um, the um, the producers or uh, the the guy making the film wanted me to be on it, so it was cool. I got to perform in it, and then Keith Emerson put onto the soundtrack, gave a song. All right, we have it. You have it? No, I said, and there we have. It. I said that's great. And Keith is still playing. <laughs> when I get a copy of it, I'll throw it to you. Flow. Okay, that's the end of the first hour. December 26, 2004, Watford Pedro Show. Stay tight for hour two. We got some improv jam coming. Uh, December 26, 2004, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
Okay, what are the two end religions in this country that really cook the most? Christianity, the law of Judea, right? Now, Christ and Moses, and although they did, uh, his mother and sister did get leprosy, saw the first, see Ben-Hur? If I'm picking it. <laughs> That's it, right? Don't pick it. Right. Stop picking, you're going to get leprosy. It itches, because it's getting better, but don't pick it. I'm picking. You're picking it? You're going to pick it? You're going to pick What are you picking? I'm picking, I'm picking all right, you're going to keep picking it. And you know why they got leprosy, Ben Hur's mother? Because they didn't put paper on the seat. <laughs> hey, it's old dopey old bubba miser. Didn't put paper on the seat, they got leprosy. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. got to be a religious leader who will get out there. This is this. Are you a Christian? Definitely a Christian? What's a Christian mean? Well, that I, I'm as much in his image as I can be. Okay, it's beautiful, because Christ was a delight. Oh, Moses, just beauty. If you are like them, then that's it. Then I love you, because then I know you'll relate to everyone the way the Christ and Moses that I have read of. That Christ and Moses that would just... How would they relate to any school scene? Christ, but children? That's all. Nafkas, and come on, I thought, that's relating, just pure love. Yeah. So Christ and Moses in heaven, I don't know where it is, I know it's not up there, because I believe that the earth revolves. Yeah. And sometimes you can go to heaven at 12.07, and go to hell at 6.30. Yeah. Good name for a book, right? Hell is to the left. Yeah, maybe, right now, yeah. So, okay, now Christ and Moses, look at the earth, and they say, well, Obviously, the book is bombing down there. Gideon's just shoving it in motel drawers, and that's all. <laughs> Through usage, yeah, it's lost impact. Is that, give us this thing out there, like, yeah, usage becomes trite, and, like, good night. It doesn't mean good night. You know, the guy said good night to me, isn't it? No, it's, a, it's, it, it really, it's really a contraction. Good night, 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 good night. Thank you? Does thank you mean, oh, thank you? If anyone ever said thank you to you, really, yeah. oh, thank you. Tuckus looking, get at it. Thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, yeah, the Bible, usage, usage. Yeah, do a rewrite on it, definitely. It's about time for that. Yeah. Certain things are complete superstition, have no validity at all in the Bible, man. Yeah, they're just the antithesis of everything that is correct intellectually. But some of the basic things, heavy, beautiful. So they'll make the earth. Let's see, Christ and Moses come down, Saturday, shul day. Synagogue day, right? Let's make all the shuls, right? Second Avenue shuls, um, real shuls, shuls that the gypsies took over. Because it was storefront synagogues. Now the gypsies are cooking there. So now, here we go to the West Coast. Christ and Moses will make reformed shuls, reformed rabbis. So reformed, they're ashamed they're Jewish. <laughs> and they got a different sound. Is it typical reformed rabbi sound? Service, right? 12.01 Saturday night. When did she be said that the children of Israel? Ha ha, Israel. <laughs> Where is Israel? Is yonder Israel? Out quench on flaming Yortzite candle Israel. That is the Israel of Chabelian David. And Ruth and Sherylam and Joy. Oh, Rabbi, that was a beautiful speech. 
Thanks a lot. You like that, Waddell? Tough top my head. Oh, yeah. All right, now, Sunday. Christ the Moses, fly to New York. Transcontinental, $88 to Chicago, $30. All right. All right, now let's see what they would make. They'd probably make, they said, what's playing at St. Pat's? Oh, good double bill, Spellman and Sheen. That's okay. <laughs> oh, Mr. Spellman, oh, Mr. Sheen. Okay, now, Christ and Moses are both possessed humility. Why? Wisdom. That's it. Anybody who is secure, there's never any hostility, because he's cool. Yeah. Anyone who is above you, even, is they know so they just stand on the back of St. Patrick's. And they'd listen, look around. Cardinal Spellman would be relating love and giving and forgiveness to the people. And Christ would be confused. Because their route took them through Spanish Harlem. And they would wonder what 40 Puerto Ricans were doing living in one room. This guy had a ring on it. It was worth eight grand. <laughs> and he would wonder at the grandeur. See, weren't the... Puerto Ricans living here. It's clean and nice. What does it all mean? And what? And they'd just be shucking back and forth and talking. And maybe Bishop Sheen would see them back there and run up to Spellman on the lectern. Psst, I want to talk to you for a minute. Well, you go back to the blackboard and stop bugging me now. I want to talk to you. I've got a customer in the back. All right, put the choir on for ten minutes. What is it? What is it? You'll never guess who's here. <laughs> who's here? You're, gonna, you're not going to believe me. Um, you're going to think I've been drinking. All right, who's here? Christ and Moses. Are you putting me on now? I'm telling you they're here. Are you sure it's them? Well, I've just seen them in pictures, but I'm pretty sure it's them. Uh, <laughs> Moses is a ringer for Charlton Heston, and I'm sure... Hmm. Where are they standing? In the back. Don't look now, you idiot. They can see us. Christ and Moses, both of you. They're way in the back there. Did Christ bring the family? What's his mother's name? Um, That's weird. I read the book today, too. I'm so nervous. Uh, Mary. Uh, Mary what? I don't know. Mary uh, Mary Hale? No. Uh, Mary Hale. Hail Mary? Harry Mary? No. I don't know what that looks. Oh, yeah. Hail Mary. Oh, Hail Mary full of grace Thompson. They're very thick with the DuPonts on Montauk Point. They're back here, yes. All right, all right. Uh, that's if this ever gets around now, it has. Oh, Christ, don't look in the front door. The lepers are coming. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, sir, uh, would you take the bell off, please? Thank you very much. Uh, wait, mister, will you pick up your leg, madam, your nose? Your dry, thank you. Uh, all right. Uh, they got Sophie Tucker with Moses posing. Take that Hebrew national banner down. <laughs> Mr. Jess, will you get off the Madonna? That's not a stat. All right, give me a direct line to Rome. Quickly, Rome. All right. Hello. John Fran in New York. <laughs> Listen, a couple of kids dropped in, and, uh, yeah, you know them. Well, I can't really talk right now. Excuse me. Hello, we're from Newsweek, and we want to know if they have State Department clearance, and is that really them? Uh, well, I'm, yes, it is them. Sonny, get off my hand. Yes, that is them, dear, yes. I don't know if they're going to do any tricks today. I don't know. Yes, they can fly. No, Mary Martin isn't God's mother and get the hell out of here now. Hello. Uh, you know them. One kid is, uh, well, uh, I'll... With a cross of... Bah, bah, bah. No, not Zorro. 
Damn, that's right. He brought a very attractive Jewish boy with him. Oh, he got to do something. Well, I know, I can't put him up at your place. No, I didn't paint or anything. Oh, I got a lot of kids staying over here. Look, what are we paying protection for? That's right. Just get him over here, that's all. Yeah. I don't want to hear about that. Look, all I know is that we're up to our ass and crutches and wheelchairs. Is that good enough for you? The place is ridiculous here. Yeah. Uh, they're in the back. Way in the back. Of course they're white. Yeah. 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 This is New York. Puerto Ricans stand in the back. That's right. I don't know. Which ones are they, Sheen? The ones that are glowing. Yeah. Uh. Watt from Pedro Show. Sorry about that. Um, that was Lenny Bruce with Christ and Moses. Pretty good bit there. And we start off the second hour with uh, Ramblin' by a band called Davagana. Davaganda. Right, Money Mark? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's in the Vox Continental Organ. A Vox? I think so. Continental. And a Melodica. Oh. I think so. Wow, and that, that trippy verb on the clave. Yeah. The, rhythm, the beatbox had a little crazy <laughs> had those, uh, fender. That's old days. Record. When was that record done? That's probably done. 60s, yeah, huh? 60s. Yeah. So that was cutting edge of beatbox days. <laughs> now we're going to have uh, some improv here. Brother Matt, of course, on the spin cycle, and he's got two fellow co co conspirators, Money Mark on the keyboard. And Mr. Tony Platten on the guitar. So without further ado, here we go.
What, from Pedro's show? Brother Matt, thank you for the spin cycle. Thank you, thank you, you guys. <laughs> Money Mark on the keys, Tony Platten on lead guitar. Tone very choosy about his notes. (laughs) 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 You played all of them, huh? (laughs) Many times? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's okay, Tone. No, it's not. And some good sounds out of the... Yeah, very cool. I was um, watching him, man. (laughs) Burn up those frets. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I come in, I'm the torrent. I'm not gonna bring anything. No, Tony, don't be yeah, self-conscious. I'm not. I'm the opposite. Just jam out. Jam out. Jam out. Oh, that was fun. I'm, yeah. Look, hey, there's, there's this some I, five or six. I know. Tony, you take the word jam and you change one letter. What do you have? Many things. Ham. Ham. Okay. Stew <laughs> ham on bass. No, he, he does that stuff. Uh, Sorry, Tony, who showed you your first songs on guitar? Besides the, besides the guy, Chuck sounded. I mean, it was Deep Boom. We talked about this last time. What did we learn? First four songs were um, "Locomotive Breath," "Jethro Tall," uh, "Lucky Man," "ELP," of course. Alice Cooper, I'm 18, and uh, what was the fourth one you taught me? This is "Water in the Water." Nah, everybody knew the intro, though, but a lot of people don't realize that the intro on that song, there's an actual extra note added that a lot of guys don't play. Oh, what's that? No, oh, it's everybody does the little one note thing, but Richie Blackmore had this, like, a, I don't know, he, he put an extra note in there that a lot of people don't see when they play, they just play the one note. Anyway, I forget what the fourth song was, but it might have been a, oh, I know, From the Beginning. Down on the from, Corner. No, From the Beginning, also ELP. It's a little trippy song there. Of course, the ELP songs that... Kind of got famous with the Greg Lake, <coughs> like right, like Lucky Why? Still because he was on. prettier. Certainly. <laughs> <laughs> he had a terror of prettiness about him. No. Who knows? He wrote the songs. Maybe did he you got. You like him in King Crimson, Tom? Yes, I did. I liked him in King Crimson. He was very good. And Atomic Rooster had a Carl Palmer when he was like 15. And of course, Keith Emerson was playing with the Nice. And not many people, probably besides guys like us. Yeah, the nice, wasn't the nicest band? Right, but how many people back then actually knew about it besides us and Pedro and stuff? I read about a tour <laughs> yeah, that me and Floyd did in the 60s, and the nice was on it. Yeah. And, right, they just played last year. A reu- Keith Emerson brought them back, like, last year and did a little reunion thing with them. Reunion. T- Tales of Brave Keith Emerson. There's a band from Tallahassee, Florida. It's called Believe in Toledo. What from Pedro Show?
song there. It's time to do the little segue thing. So. That was Yerg's with most violent rap song, rap group. Oh, it sounded like Green Day, huh? We had a good, cool guitar sound. So I like the most violent pop punk band. Yeah, a good little catchy sound. And before that, we had Believe in Toledo with uh, Kabuki. Didn't the Descendants have a song called Kabuki Girl? <laughs> Remember when we used to go whiskey used to back? Say, uh, don't say Sayonara, I want to see you tomorrow. With the best rhymes in <laughs> music business. Bracket. Uh, coming on the end here of the second hour of the WAP from Pedro show, uh, December 26, 2004 edition. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Money Mark about how music goes within these days. Next hour, play some tunes. Tome, we'll get to the Malmsteen. That's what that was. That was a Malmsteen tribute during the spin cycle, right? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. No. <laughs> I was no. just trying to fit in the play, because, you know, I was just trying to fit in. Because when you're jamming, I guess you just got to wail on stuff. Cause, you just got to go for it. Because you don't really know what's coming up. And so I try not to bitch and whine and just play something. But I have structured stuff for anybody listening. It's not just all playing out. When you sit down and work out leads and stuff, that's cool, too. Like when I did all the Henry's, yeah. all those souls were, I sat down and worked them out and stuff. It didn't just, but off the cuff, what do you get to? Remember bands we used to see back in the city, like F-Word? Remember F-Word? Yeah. Many times when we see those guys, when, when there was no... And uh, Alley Cast, when there was 10 people in the clubs, we'd yeah. see all these punk rock gigs, and there'd be like nobody there but us. And they'd be throwing yeah. bottles at the dudes on the stage and shit and spit. <laughs> it was funny. And the Dickies and the band from Car, the Zippers, and all these bands. Are, and th that music kind of reminded me like the Zippers, kind of. Remember they had Speed Up to a Guitar Attack? Am I right? You're right, Tom. All right, thank you. <laughs> and I've had no coffee this morning. <laughs> With that. No coffee. And I still did the Ingve tribute. He's still drinking You got some though, right? We're gonna hear some next hour. I did bring one Ingve record. Yeah, probably the. In fact, it got in a. Just one. Yeah. Do you, you need bring more? the box set? <laughs> <laughs> you all laugh, but you all listen to him. You know. <laughs> he's a look. He's you a, heard the he's recording of him on the airplane. Look, he's ever here. When the stewardess he's, dropped a coke on or drops, some lady. He drinks big. Big beer like on stage. Down well, somebody tape recorded him getting a coke spill on him because he was talking racist or something. Yeah, he gets this lady was insulted. Wow. And he starts hollering. He goes, "Bitch, you've unleashed the fury!" <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, it's too much. It's bizarre. Yeah. He was all leather clad on stage, like forty pounds, bell and overweight, and he had the open top with the hairy chest and the all leather pants and the cave. And it was so we'd like to get into it, but we're so in the second hour. Hold no. tight for hour three. December 26, 2004, it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show.
Pedro show. That was uh, Alejandro Escovito with Break This Time for a tribute record called Por Vida. It's a, it's for life because he's sick with the Hep C. So this is a benefit thing. And we start off with the Shuggy Otis. Shuggy. And uh, I. Out of uh, my head. My head. Always so, Money Mark, uh, you want to tell us about what you're doing these days? Oh, I'm just trying the to 
Oh, with the music. Um, still figuring it out, you know. <laughs> still looking at my piano every day. But you're gonna go to Japan. Out, yeah, I'm gonna go to Japan with the Beastie Boys. And you gonna do money mark gigs. Do some La Tigre gigs. Yeah, open up for her. Yeah, open up for them, and then. But she's been opening for Beasties. She. She lost it. Oh uh, well, the band will start opening up for them in Japan, and then uh, go to Australia. Wow. Do Can that. Ask, what kind of piano do you have? Any electric or real one? Um, there's a few different ones. All right. The ones I use for them is well, I've used it. The, you know, the Wurlitzer on the records with the Wur Rhodes. Right. But I use the Rhodes. Those are cool. Use the Rhodes in a D6 clavinet. And, you know, a monophonic synthesizer and then uh, some kind of organ sound. Do you have a real... Um... I don't have a real Hammond. Use this Korg thing, CX-3. Yeah. yeah. It's like, got a good you know, sound. It's pretty good, you know. It works for me for the touring thing, you know. When I'm at home, I have the real deal, so... You got a whole bunch. Huh? I don't want to... I don't have to move them. How many keyboards you got all together? I got too many. He's <laughs> like me with the guitars, huh? I got too many. How many guitars you got, Tom? Guitars and mandolins, about 24. Wow. How many gigs have you done? None. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Tom's just... He's a bedroom warrior. Wow. This That's is a gig? It's cool for him to come play on this radio show, because it's really the first time he's played with one. Well, the third time would be. That's third time good. Maybe I'll get out there. Mike wants to. Yeah, you should get out there, man. And Joe Boom wants to play. Maybe you might find a you know a percussionist or a drummer or something. Joe Boom. Okay, there Boom's you go. His little brother. You know, they want to do a little. Wow, really? Yeah, he's been talking about. It. He wants to get back That's into good. music. Yeah, That's I haven't good. played with him since we were teenagers. So maybe this will be it. Maybe I'll finally get out there and, and do some gigs. How old is he? Forty? No, he's younger than us. He's forty-three, so I oh. thought he was forty. <laughs> wow. Cool. Well, that's okay. Younger. Yeah, right. Between here and younger, and then you're the number forty-three. <laughs> <laughs> well, technically, it is a little. Yeah, bit. it is. You're right, Tom. You got recording plans, money, Mark? I'm always doing something, recording. But I'm trying to. I have a little EP out right now. You know what? I I didn't actually bring a copy with me, but oh, I'll okay. drop one by. I know. I'd love to play it on the show. Yeah, I have an, I think I have my little MP3 player with it in there. But oh, um, then I'm going to work on it. This full length will come out next year sometime. Yeah, summer or something. Is it you on everything, or do you have no. a unit now? It's um, no, I don't have a unit. I actually still do shit my own, myself. So. Like these shows with Kathleen. Yeah, I'm going to do some solo performance, something, make up something. Grab the guitar. I'll do that. But I, that will be a little drum. It'll be a little drum kit next to me too. Yeah, all right. Whatever. Starts the gig with the drums. He goes, "This is what I do when whatever. I wake up." Yeah. Just start so, playing. Just start playing, and I uh, I hum through this. Um, I hum through like a low. Fu it makes a low fuzz. Cool. Grand fun. I do some. Yeah, I do some uh, bass lines with the the kazoo, deep um, the kazoo? deep funk kazoo. Kazoo's cool. <laughs> man. I like the coolest sound. I like those. You hum though. The trick is right. You got to hum in them. You can't blow it. Yeah. Mm. What was your hum dinger? What was the last time you were talking about it? Tone. Those juice harps. Oh yeah, yeah. Did you put your mouth and hit the little twang bar? It's found. I think I threw it in that box. No, that loose song. <laughs> Join yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> With the band. Squeeze box. Now squeeze box was the little hand accordion. accordion. Right. Right. Yep. 
Bend the knee on. Reeds. <laughs> Bendable. Bend the knee on. I have that sound in here. It's pretty good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The sound of that is really good in this little machine here. Wow. See? It's convincing. What's that? Chad at the Hammond uh, factory told us those are what put Hammond out. Yeah. These Econo keyboards. That's true. It wasn't really the musicians or the churches. The churches were loyal. Right, that's right. The backbone of their market was the home market. Right. People having them in their living room. Wow. When they came out with these Econo ones. Like the Econo Strategy. Later. Big Chinguando. And they do a lot of stuff for the money they cost. You can get a lot of great sounds. I mean, you know, whatever. I guess. I guess you know that's it. It's how it's the source. It's how the source of the sound is created, you know, and you, that's right. you can feel it, you know. No, I mean, like what you were saying, they're econo for people, so kids, you know, anybody can buy a decent yeah. little keyboard and take it home with them and create something. Yeah. can't haul a big, giant church organ home in your bedroom and play. Well, you can have it installed there. Okay, with the pipes coming out of your room. Yeah, right. <laughs> have a bellow boy pump. And <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard, like, in the Bach days. They'd have to have... Just bring like an electric compressor with you, right? <laughs> well there was an organ apportive or yeah. something where there was like one hand. You play it with one hand, the other hand would be pumping. <laughs> Bellows Ian uh, Ethan James. Uh, right? Yeah, right. Right. Tokyo, right. So he was hand building these things. He found medieval working plans for wow. them. Wow. Built these they were called virginals. And portives, and they had a little bellow, and you move with one hand. He also built his own hurdy gurdies. Yeah, nice. They were a trip. They got a keyboard. That's they right. Said, but it actually actuates. It's like fretting strings. Yeah, that's right. Because it's got a grinder wheel, all rosined up wood wheel with a handle on it, and the strings come running across that, and then they get all choked off by the keys. So that's you right. get your different pitches. It's got a gnarly sound. It's sort of like a bagpipe. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Yeah. You know, the droning idea, right? The droning. India. Yeah. Right? Sitar. Same, you got same more, deal. Yeah, more strings that you don't play. They're, they're called sympathetic because they vibrate to what you're doing. Mm. They're all up in that neck. That's why you see all those keys on a sitar. They have all these sympathetic... The strings sit so high off the fretboard. How do they... Because the frets are wired. No, but how do they so, so you get bendy action. I've never tried... To, i played every string. They're, they're into, they're into microtones. Right. And if you're just stuck with your frets, well, you can't you. get all... That's when you're yeah. chucking and stuff. Yeah. See, that, well, that's how they do right. it even easier because you can just press down on the wire fret and you get all these in-between tones. The guy that They're made that. keys, you know. You listen to their songs. They got every key's got all every note. They're like ragas and stuff like that. Yeah. They have one lady who plays a thing that's tuned open, so she's just droning it. But it's got almost every note, so it's hard to. You'd love it, Tone. You can never play out a. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Throw some feedback. Yeah. <laughs> you know who his daughter is, Ravi Shankar. This lady, Nora Jones. <coughs> That's right. Yeah, she wouldn't use his name. Wow. She does like this uh, smooth, calm jazz, whatever. Singer-songwriter, Chattanooze. Yeah, she comes from... The Jones Girl. Raga Rock. (laughs) 
There's Irish ragas too in their music, right? I've heard in the Celtic yeah, or Celtic yeah. ragas, I guess. Mo, ragas like a mode. Right. I think there's ten of them. And they learn. They these start things. jamming some of those. Their things. whole thing is about improvising. It's jamming. <laughs> it's funny. The guy with the set thing is kind of the drummer. Right. Because if you go to one of his gigs, he'll explain every song before he starts. And I saw a dude do that. We're going to do thirteen and then nine. Play it like this. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the drum thing is so complicated because we use short loops for our percussion patterns. Their loops are really long before they repeat. And they have some system of open and closed hand to, to remember. And like even the biggest master knows only like five. Wow. Most people learn their theirs. That's they it. learn one, their personal one. They jam they it all develop. the time. They're using pitch too. Huh? When they're stretching their finger across the head of the tumbala tabla right and you'll hear the bass notes come in from nowhere but it's because we're used to little small reiterations to get our grooves their grooves are really long before they repeat so it's hard to remember when these things are going to come back in so it sounds totally random and just open things up so the guy on sitar or violinist too uh, can improvise. Yeah, their whole thing's about that. Maybe it comes from an old Mota tradition. You know? <laughs> the word bong is a is spelled E H A N G. Yeah, it's a soup that the priests, some priests would drink to keep constantly stoned because they thought that was holier state. And like that Mota Indica, the strain, Sativa, good. that's developed by them cats over thousands of years. We're the first to cultivate one. Remember the album Shakti? Yeah. yeah. Throw that up, just John McLaughlin. And we played some when you were a guest. Acoustic, and he's got the drone string guitar Gibson built for him. Beautiful, he's one of a kind with 12 drones. And if anybody out there would want to hear a John McLaughlin wail on his, uh, his most intense acoustical stuff I've ever heard, I, I would yeah, say that. No, no, that's, that's, that's live, Saturday, San Francisco live. Or, well, there's, there's a trio, just, right? No, this is him and a dude on, uh, I don't know if it's a... Trila Gertu on drums. Uh, yeah, and a violin. What's the I guitar think. trio that he had? Oh, that, that's um, Al Di Miolo, Paco De Lucia. Yeah. And, uh, him, and that's also... What's that called? Uh, an Evening in San Francisco Live or whatever. Okay. Uh, that's not Shakti. No, but the Shakti is, he plays his drone, Gibson, but I mean, he plays those ragas in this really intense, and he did an album with, uh, believe it or not, with Carlos Santana. Oh, too. I know. One, a love, Devotion, and Surrender. Way Hawaii. back. Yeah, way back. But the because I think one. they had the same uh, guy they were following. Yeah, Teachers. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Anyway, but those are two really good. Anybody listening, acoustic albums are. You want to quit playing or you know, had a one truth band you. too. I think you're right. Right. You After turned me Bobby on to John McLaughlin. I remember. I never even heard of it. He played. Remember me, I know we saw. It no, you did. I miss him. You turned me on to uh, Intermounting Flame, and I was like, I saw the Birds of Fire tour. Yeah. I had that. It wasn't you didn't come with me, yeah. huh? Pure pure food and drug act opened up. And you know what's interesting? All That's these funny. speed metal dudes don't realize that McLaughlin was doing I mean if you don't want to call it speed metal, but he was playing that fast way back mm-hmm. then. I mean before any of these dudes came out, I think. I think he kind of was Paganini. the father of that stuff. Is it Paganini yeah. the guy who started? No, that's who Ingve took a lot of his stuff from me. All and, these and Bach, guitars. Yeah. yeah. But violin trans goes into it. 
you know, guitar yeah, parts. Paganini was like a violinist from a hundred years ago, but he was really flashy. Yeah, he was, yeah he was the big flash dude. Yeah. He was the Ingbe of the violin. Because in mean, most bands, guitar belonged to the percussion. The rhythm right. section was a percussive instrument. That's why Stromberg built these big jazz body guitars for those orchestras so they could Compton play along like with a you. Because they weren't lead instruments. And right. the piano too was in the rhythm section, percussion instrument. Mm -hmm. The banjo was kind of like a lead instrument. They would shuffle, but he could be loud and be heard. But well, the horns. No, they but were, you're his finger pick. They were a big part of uh, solos and stuff like that. You're, you're also talking about a time when uh, you didn't have a lot of amplification. Again, so the banjo. You couldn't play lead guitar and fill a room. There's no, no amps. The angelical and But if you had a bunch of guys on horn, and a big problem, too, I was told by some older gentlemen, as uh, the, just the dancing, the stomping of the people's feet was so loud. You needed a lot of cats in the band to get over. They didn't really have PAs. And when they first got PAs, they were mainly for the singer. Bullhorn. Megaphone? Yeah, yeah. Probably. Put your guitar So the guitar, you know, he's just comping. He's was hardly any... Uh, Volume. It's, the, the roles really change. Jangle. Even the fuzz tone on a guitar, it sounds so much like a sax. It's strange. So you get the saxophone, you got the violin, all these things that come from lead, uh, lead up to present day lead guitar much more than uh, Segovia. Huh? That's right. what guitar was known as, right? Which was kind of doing piano. But in a weird kind of way, people forget the flamenco dudes were kind of like fast. Well, he's guitar Spanish player. and stuff, but he was totally more from a classical tradition. Yeah, flamenco's very intensely uh, fast. Well, they're playing drums on the front of the guitar. But they do the riffs. Yeah, but this rhythm thing where they're knocking and rapping. But I mean, it's even not back all plucking. No, but even back then, you know, no, I remember that. He even had one of them. Flamenco guitar doesn't have regular tuners; it has like violin ones. And Friction so. pigs. The whole thing is about a rhythm. They have a, a more protection on the. They have tap plates on the front. Yeah, because the guys are like beating on them. Like They're crazy. usually made of Italian cypress on the back and sides with spruce tops. Well, I had just traded one that I had, but it had regular tuners. There was a band when we were teenagers that tried to bring it into rock and roll. We saw Carmen. It. Carmen, they opened up for Jump. Get this: they had a lady dancer, and. With taps, you know, because part of flamenco is the dancer. Yeah. And it's not just watching her, it's she's doing rhythm. She's the drummer. Yeah. They're tapping. So what they had for her was a, a board that was a microphone amplified. So it'd be, uh, yeah, be part of the sound. Wow. That's I don't cool. know what happened to them. Where they, they had a they guy, been Spanish. the guy would play, a, I remember he played the Black Les Paul. He was like the flamenco, but he would cable really and high. he would do these like, Flamenco riffs on Les Paul, and she'd be up there tap. I saw them once open up for Jethro Tull. Yeah. And it was interesting. Yeah. One would have it. I think they had a kind of semi hit song of some, some one little one hit wonder or something. They got some yeah. airplay, I think. Can't remember. Some instrumental. I remember there wasn't a lot of bands like them. They wore them dingleberry hats. Yeah, all black <laughs> outfits. It was pretty. The castanets. Right? The little thumb. Little yeah. Little castanets. That's castanets. part of it, too. Right. That's more syncopation. It's. Uh, Heavy, heavy like that. Yeah, you're right. It is heavily dance-influenced, too. That's in Turkey, when I was in Istanbul this summer, I saw a lot of ouds. And the guitar comes from the oud. Huh? It comes I'm through Spain. The Moors came in, right? The, 
from Arab. On there, and I guess that's the where you got your lutes, too. They come into Spain, and the guitars cross with that with the Italian mandolin. And the lutes. Yeah, and lutes, too, influenced by this. But the oud is much older. Yeah. And the bazookis, which I'm currently looking for. If anyone's got one out there cheap and wants to sell me one. All right, Tone wants to play bazookas. Tone's a... Like half Greek. Pop is Greek. Oh, I see. So anyway, but no, they're great. They're, they, they're beautiful sounding. Right, your real name is Platonis. Platonis, yeah. With the yeah, guy. I know a guy that has a bunch. Yeah, do you want to... No, I ain't you know how to drink, like a big restaurant here? Yeah. Dacus. Yeah. have always had a sizable Greek. Yeah. Petros, the real tea. Anchor Greek. liquor was on by Greeks. Yeah, little Greek. And Tommy's and Gramps used to own a bunch of bars. And yeah, his grandpa stuff. came over. Yeah. He ran cards, right? He did taxis, but when, and then he came down. Oh, yeah. Buy we, your pops yeah. sitting on the liquor, they'd go up to LA to get the bootleg. Yeah, they bootlegged whiskey during the Prohibition. and That's what they called this area, Pedro, in fact, was Whiskey Flats because right. of the bootleg boats had come. Coming right here. Yeah. And he made it pretty, pretty good. He said there was never a problem making money. <laughs> <laughs> No, he was always pretty successful. Guy. Liquor stores and all that stuff, furniture stores. Me, Tanapa was one of his pads, right? No, well, Tom, he was partnered with Tom. He's Tommy's bar down there. But right. he owned like four or five bars. Yeah, but there was like a card place. The Greek? The that, Pasquaros that, that, used to be. on 12th Street by Tom. It's got the red, white, and blue circles yeah. on top. That was a Greek club. Me. Hey, he's in the big, he was a big gambler. Horses and pinochle was his game. He lost all his money in horses, but won a lot playing cards. But anyway, he was a funny guy. And he got... Came over in 1912, right? Right when and my grandma told me those stories. She came. She was supposed to come over on the Titanic, had tickets, but she was sick and didn't come over. And so she came from a wealthy family. And she didn't go. Smart. And he claimed to be on. This is what he told me. He said he was on that <laughs> Greek freighter that they signaled, but, but the Greek freighters turned off their radios and didn't remember. That's supposedly the story. That, and he said he it's the right year, whether it was true or not. Who knows? Anyway, wow. sorry I'm rambling on. It's okay to ramble. Tom. I know. He just, he just gave me one of these. Uh, Tony, you gave me a song to play. Yeah. All right? Thank you. Right, ELP? Kind of goes you with the tell keyboards. Us? No, it just something yeah, about the there song. You go. Yeah. What do you like about it? Uh, that's the first ELP I, I got turned on to after I, I had. It's like the fourth and fifth album. Right, and I'd heard some stuff earlier, but the first time we saw him, we waited to see this tour for years, and we, me and you and uh, I think Joe Boone went and saw him. Until he, and uh, I just uh, this album to me was seemed like a like the ultimate progressive album at that time for me anyway, and it's and it got you know a couple songs on there like Still You Turn Me On and Carnival Nine, parts one, two, and three. This what is this part three? I I just thought this song about computers kind of taking over the world and or just you know see. you ever looked on the labels of these rec these bands like uh, PFM and Crimson Genesis ELP they were on this label called Manicore right Manicore right. ELP bought it eventually, which is an old uh, mythic animal right it's right. Like a tail of a scorpion a head of right, a lion right exactly uh, well if you look at those labels you'll see this guy uh, Sinfield yeah Pete Sinfield he wrote words for all those yeah. bands. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I think he wrote the words of this. And you told me you learned. No, another thing about this song is Mike. I asked him years ago if he could learn this. You know, the first part on bass. And you told me you figured it out. But you said it was. And even though it was played, I think with a pick, you said it was very hard at the time to figure out. And I always thought the bass was pretty trippy. You know, yeah. He wrote the words of this next yeah. song, Pete Simpson. And, and the words are pretty trippy if you, you know. You listen to them. This computer, you know. Find them attractive. Certainly. <laughs> Those haircuts are stunning. It's like high school pictures. <laughs> now look, how old were we when this came out? This was, what, we were 16, 17. So this is pretty old stuff. 
<laughs> so on and so what? That's anyway. What from Pedro show?
Watt from Pedro Show. Got some Captain Beefheart from this uh, boot I got. Studio Sessions 1970-1972. That's the second take of Japan as a dish pan. Before that, we heard uh, EVA by Jean Jacques Perry. Great story about that money, Mark, right? You chose that record. Oh, yeah, Jean Jacques Perry. Uh, supposedly, he wrote the you know the theme song for the Electrical Parade at Disneyland. And, and he got uh, shorted. I don't know. I think he got shorted. And um, I don't think they do that parade anymore, but they did it for many, many years. I don't know. 25 years? Yep. Every night? Time. Yeah. That was weak. Uncle Walt was a pecker. <laughs> hey, right, uh, James Elroy. Elroy writes good about him in those books, the quartet, L.A. quartet books. Uh, <coughs> before that, we had some live Minuteman from the summer 1984 at Flynn's in Miami Beach, on the beach, right at the water, sweaty gigs. That was Please Don't Be Gentle With Me and Retreat. A couple songs off Double Nicholas. After that, we decided it's not good to do summer tours, <laughs> especially in Florida. It was like 100 degrees at 2 in the morning, no air. You could literally cut a Cuba air out with a butter knife <laughs> out of it. You know, just standing in front of you, sitting in front of you, hovering. So sweaty. And then we started, uh, before that was uh, Plan Tangent by Backdoor, which was a great uh, trio from England in the 70s, just sax, bass, and drums. I was telling Money Mark about an SST band called Bazooka. That was that lineup. Nice. No, no singing, just instrumental. And the drummer, Vince uh, Maroney, ended up uh, <laughs> playing in the crew of science, Flying Saucers and uh, Pair of Pliers with me on a couple mm. tours. And we started off the third hour with Tone Pick, right? Carnival 9, Third Impression. Nice. From brain salad surgery. Remember, there was a single. Yes. Like there's no song like that called on the album, but they did have a single. I have it on a bootleg. It's uh, compiled. You're talking about the song brain salad surgery. Yeah. yeah, it's on a bootleg. Yeah. They had a song called it, but they wouldn't put it on the album. Mm. Cattle crash, vitalize, or some some weird. A brain salad <laughs> surgery. Yeah, it's on there. <laughs> murders you, it murders me. And we used to go to swap meets, <laughs> and you could buy you could buy bootlegs at swap meets, and they'd have these like paste on covers of the mm. band and the song titles on them, and you could buy bootlegs way back when. Anyway, that was where I got that. I think the. I have the Dylan one, Ten of Swords. I have a Neil it's Young got ten one. Ten like bootlegs of those, like the Albert Hall show and all. Yeah, Harvey Kubernick gave it to me years ago. Uh, Money Mark, you played the, you picked this next song we're going to play here, something by, from Norman Little. You wanted yeah, to qualify it? Uh, well, this is just, you know, but this is uh, New York. This is in the Bronx in 1981. So, it's a song about, it's called Racial Discrimination. And Norm, Norman is trying his best to get, to sing this tune. And, you know, I guess you feel his message. Somehow. Alright. Hear your children crying, Babylon. 
children cry in Babylon. Oh, 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 oh. Racial, racial discrimination. Yeah, causing tension, tension. Down in a Babylon. Whoa, 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 whoa. A man got to eat sometime. He got to find him a job sometime. Racial tension. Uh, uh, uh. Causing discrimination. Uh, uh, uh. Babylon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Babylon. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hear your children crying, Babylon. Hear your children crying, Babylon. Frustration. Uh uh. Frustration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Separation. Uh uh. Racial discrimination. Poverty, anxiety. Hear your children crying, Babylon.
What from Pedro show? Uh, wow, that some set of pipes on Mr. Norman there. Yeah, in fact, I think it's in the same building as the William Shatner School of Acting. But I was saying, if it wasn't a protest song, I wouldn't have even listened to it. I gotta give props. Indigest John. Well, thank you very much for coming aboard, Money Mark. Yeah, good right to see you. Tony Platt. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Love to have you guys on again. Brother Matt, of course, your essential assist every time. And baby, back next week. Maybe we'll have a show before the year's over. Yeah, maybe. I'll be here. I know Saturday I'm going into the drink. Oh, yeah. Okay? Got a polar bear it up. Wow. So, <laughs> honey bear, sugar bear, whatever. Pooh Bear. Alley. Pooh Bear. <laughs> right, you can sorry. sleep in the bath at, uh, overnight. You know, they, re, they redid the bath house. Yeah. 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 I gotta get a picture taken on, under that sign. <laughs> Bring it on. Okay, everybody, keep your powder dry.